0: Bon rap with your host, on Carter, David Ma
1: and
2: Nate Yolong. Three underground
1: rap nerds walked into a bar. An argument ensued about who the goats are. The seed was a thought that would turn into a pod. Now fans worldwide say. Not a bad job, the ad hoc cab squad who chronicles the vanguard of hip hop at large. Rap tastes slacked off, no need to be mad, dog. Look no further, it's the dad bod rap. Pop, pop, pop. Look, guard your grill. <laughs> podcasting live from san jose california this is the dead bod rap pod i am one third of your chuckling hosts damone carter uh, aka dim one aka the red ranger i'm joined here by the blue ranger nate leblanc what's happening
3: oh no i blew myself uh, uh the uh, refugee from blue man group, uh, group checking in uh just so people know because it is an audio medium we all logged in today wearing bright primary colored sweaters blocking just yeah. blocking yeah. yeah i'm blue what's up yeah oh whoa no i can't whoa, exactly. i set you up bro easy leblanc easy LeBlanc. <laughs> <laughs> Mean Mr. Mustard, what's
1: going on with you? <laughs>
2: Yo. No, yeah, I know. It's the same color as my skin, so it looks like my head's floating. Like, on the Oh, Earth my screen.
1: God. Um,
2: not too bad. Monday. It's Monday, you guys. Um, I, um, I'm at work right now. Uh, my work has, like, sort of, like, um, big tinted windows and doors, and I just walked by one recently, earlier today, and was like, fuck, dude, I look old as shit, dude. <laughs> it's, one of, it's one of those days, dude. I'm yeah. like, what am I, damn the Automator's grandpa? Like, what's
3: <laughs> I, I don't Stand know if you guys automator. are as familiar as I am with the comics or the movie American Splendor. Yes, no? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's of recognition. It. He has a, one of the great comic panels of all time. It's just a drawing of him looking in the mirror and he goes, that's a reliable disappointment. Right. Dude, totally, and that's essentially totally. how I live my life.
1: Uh, totally, totally, Totally. yeah. I'm 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 with you. I'm half and half. Half the time I I catch a thing of myself and I go, I'm really him. I'm (laughs) with (laughs) you.
3: there can't all three of us can't think like this otherwise there would be no podcast we would just be sitting in a dark room talking about hip-hop to no one someone has to have a little swag so we like record this and put it out you know what i mean
1: i I thought you were gonna go with we have to have one non-megalomaniac so that we can have a a substantive conversation about 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 other
3: people's thoughts
1: exactly um kind of speaking of that though uh of of narcissism and megalomania um got my my third got my third pedicure wow over the what? over the weekend not where i thought yeah. you were going
3: with that uh, no no short term.
1: that's right red <laughs> like ranger will tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah man um i i started i started doing it like a quarterly kind of thing um kind of first yourself on like
3: or a, with uh, someone else
1: uh me and my girlfriend have been going
3: okay uh, that makes more sense to me keep going
1: little group activity but i'm not doing it to appease her now i'm just kind of like my toes is up like let's take care of the situation (laughs) let's
3: address it
1: um so went got like hot stones and wax and for for at one point i thought they were literally taking the the hair off of my legs yeah they waxed your feet dude well not like wax where you remove hair but just kind of like a
3: foot brazilian
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's Nate's favorite search term. But, uh,
3: it's really not. I'm really not into feet. I'm like hanging in there to have this conversation with you guys, but like I'm disgusted by feet. Like, and, and, and I'm, I'm not, not and into I'm, it at all. Yeah, I'm
1: not asking you to kink shame my feet, but uh, <laughs> so I so I get the pedicure and like yeah, you feel like a new man. Like it's it's like uh, flossing your feet. It's like getting your feet detailed. Wow. So I'm this I come home uh i have a leak in my roof uh and so the roofer came over and he's looking at it whatever and then as he's leaving he's like hey man can i ask you something he's like is that okay now he's like i like to walk outside with my toes out it's like he looks down at my feet because i have slides on and he's like is that cool to do now like like He's wanted He's like, to say regular guys. For instance,
3: your feet are beautiful. Is it okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. if I have my feet out in your house,
1: <laughs> dude. It was such a tender moment of like male. Like, is it wow. okay for me to do that? And I was he like, toes and just
3: lets them loose.
1: Yeah, I was like, that
3: oh, is... no, no, totally, dude. Like, you can, did you, you get can nail get polish? How did he notice your feet? Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, yeah, Christine no, no. I, I
1: get them. I get them painted. Like each one of us. Like I have a red toe and a blue toe and a yellow. toe. <laughs> <laughs> They're black guys. It's my emo side. But um okay. you, got, you
3: are currently wearing toenail polish that is black on all ten of your toes.
1: Black on both sides, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
3: that is crazy to me.
1: Nice. Wow. Uh, it was to Wilson the Roofer as well. He was very much like, oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say he kind did, of was he like <laughs> I mean, yeah, wow. he's he's kind of hemming and hawing around like, you know, is it okay for manly men to do it? And, like, I I had this, like, teeny little thing in me that wanted to be like, no, I'm hella gay, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I encouraged him to get a pedicure, and I hope he does. uh, Because, you know what, guys? They're just toes. Like, toes don't really have, you know what I mean? Toes You can do anything with them so um so diva nail and spa down on uh blossom hill go go wow. check them out okay, okay. they're they not a sponsor add, of the program the yet. Pod. <laughs> not yet yet um, well, my winter, dream like...
3: sponsor for the pod has always been twinnings lemon ginger tea because that's what i drink while we're podcasting so we should all okay. do one that represents uh, our interests you know what i mean
1: marlboro red for dave no I'm <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs>
3: Dad bod rap pod brought to you by Joe Camel.
1: <laughs> we're for the kids. You've come a long way, David. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how we got on toes at cigarettes, yeah. but uh, it's the Dad bod rap pod. We're we're back for another week. We have another dope interview. Wait,
3: hold on, dude. Before we, wrap, <laughs> what do they do with the wax if they're not taking hair off? I'm so confused.
1: Um, I think it's just kind of to like to like mood your shit or relax you because they was like doing like like low-key massage and then they got like a hot stone and shit was happening that a lot of it I feel like was more uh therapeutic, I guess. Okay, wow. okay. You
3: know it just what I mean? feels nice to like dip yeah. your foot in some wax.
1: Absolutely. And then you're, you're, your foot comes out acting brand new. I'm just telling you right now. When okay. you come out and okay. you're like... You're like, fuck a shoe. Like, my foot is out here.
3: The lady Let's, is on wow. a little stool. She's like, we're putting it on wax. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Send a stage. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, wow. wow.
3: wow. Learn something new every day. So yeah, if that's... we get
1: five more Patreon subscribers in the next month, both Nate and Dave <laughs> will go and get yeah. pedicures. We'll 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 fully fund it. That's uh, funny. It's, it's a movement that I'm starting with in hip hop, because here's what happens, guys, now that you opened it up again. Here's what ends up happening. Your toes look fucked up, so you won't wear sandals, so you won't have your feet out there when you have your toes together, your sandal options open up exponentially. You can I be mean, like, "Not for me," Jesus.
3: But more power to you. Um, having your feet out in public is utterly disgusting. <laughs> uh, when you
1: don't have a pedicure. I agree. It's like being like, I don't have a haircut. Like, yeah. Like, if I don't cut my hair for six months, my head would be like my toe, but no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, speak for yourself. My toes are great, dog. I <laughs>
3: blessed with dainty toes. <laughs> uh, that
1: is hilarious. Yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Didn't wow. did know we'd, we'd get this far down, but um, shout out to uh, all the all the pedicure artists out there. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, I'd like to
3: see this transition to <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, this transition, you know, who a rapper who probably doesn't have a pedicure, Vin Rock. Um, <laughs> Vin Rock is appalled. We started off his episode with oh, this. Man. I don't know, uh, but we do have Vin Rock on the other side of this interview, um, and it's a good opportunity for us to talk a little bit about one of the groups that I feel like you can't say they're underrated because they sold a shit ton of records and like right. they're they're a super popular group in some ways but kind of like
3: came and went.
1: Yeah, Mm under-discussed. And and as we think about uh, the history and lineage and impact of Naughty by Nature, um, yeah, it's interesting. I do feel like they're under-discussed. They have these massive hits. Tretch in particular was um, an incredible MC, one of Eminem's main inspirations, but they're not discussed as one of those groups, Nate. Why do you think that is?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I think this new reissue, uh, it's the 30th anniversary of 1993 might um, help people kind of reconsider. I think their anthems, which they are probably the most gifted anthem writers of the, you know, the 90s. I was thinking about this earlier, the, the closest comparison I could come up with was a get rich or die trying era 50 cent, mm. where you have like pretty hardcore lyrics in between mm. like sing songy. Um, choruses. I always thought that was 50's great gift at that point in his career. Um, but Naughty by Nature had these huge common response, like stadium banging, like choruses. And so I think people maybe reduce them to their hits and don't really listen to the records because the records are pretty mm-hmm. damn good. And they're, mm. they're, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the dance, the East Coast Stomp. Like yes. it's, it's East Coast Stomp hip hop. It's like, all the way one arm out one foot doing a (laughs) high step switch to the other side it's like you can see them doing it in the videos it's the perfect kind of music for that they had killer iconography the rhymes are really good the beats are amazing it's very much kind of of its time and they they catapulted out of that by having this gift for really being able to move crowds but that doesn't make the music less um as good as what was happening all around it and a ton was happening on the east coast in the 90s get out of here right that's like the best time ever
1: yeah it's it's interesting too that they um i started thinking about them as a new jersey group and Mm. there's this really interesting kind of um trajectory or arc of like new jersey groups that got super big for like one or two albums at
3: some point we're gonna have to talk about what just happened with pros Getting accused <laughs> of being a spy and having seventy-four million dollars in the bank to get seized what? and like we yeah. don't what I'll send you guys an article. We don't okay. have to get into it right now, but uh he can make wow. sound set with his Rab DBX or some shit. I don't know.
1: Wow. <laughs> God damn, that's yeah, crazy. Whatever the fuck yeah.
3: he was talking about, it ended up with him doing espionage question mark.
1: Okay. So so look out for Tretch on uh uh spying on Putin, but uh <laughs> Dave, uh Naughty by Nature is one of those groups that um kind of lyrically, I was thinking about their new Jersey-ness and like their lyrical prowess and, and and there's kind of a thing there, like Queen Latifah, absolute beast, um, and they were kind of down as flavor unit at a time. Um, do you feel like Tretch in in particular the style has aged well as this reissue is about to come out? Do you think people will be able to connect with it?
2: I think they will. I think, I mean, it's, uh, uh, anything can be age, right? I mean, not everything's gonna sound as old and cranky as Melly Mel, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) um, of course, Tresh sounds age, but I think he was brilliant. I mean, in some ways to sort of make the point earlier, I mean, they were so big and they just rode, uh, you know, rode these big waves of success that like, I mean, if Tresh was like a sort of understated underground rapper, he'd be heralded. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah, he's that dude yeah. that's blanketing radio waves and is on MTV, you know? So I yeah. think that was part of the reason. But yeah, I, I think he's his voice, his energy, um, his charisma, presence, and this sort of relentless flow that, that still has clarity to it. I think he's great.
1: Yeah, I kind of, I feel you on that. And it's it's one of those things where like, Dante Ross talked about this with Dayla in our episode a couple of weeks ago, where he's like, well, people had... Uh, De la Soul's hits shoved down their throat and it kind of made them look at the group in a different way. And I think that it kind of to both of your points that that may have happened with naughty by nature. but I feel like um, one of the most iconic hits and I was listening it, to it today um, and it's it's never really left. It's one of those staples of like throwback radio or if you go to like a 90s party, you're definitely gonna hear this song. Um, and it's a little ditty about infidelity, a subject I know well um called (laughs) opp Uh, and nate you found other people's no uh (laughs) you have have an opp story you'd like to share do you want to whisper it
3: yes Um, uh now you know me and my story um (laughs) so i when i was in i think fifth Ray this song came out and I got invited to my cousin's birthday party and he was always a little older than me and a little cooler than me and it was in his backyard and he had a DJ and mm. it was like a dance party and like the kids like you know it was kids who went to a different school and I didn't know anybody but when the DJ first dropped OPP at this like afternoon child's dance party we fucking <laughs> loved- <laughs> lost our mind dude like i I realize now it's because we had that instant familiarity and nostalgia for the abc sample right Mm -hmm. it's like of course i mean you could probably could have just played that original and we would have liked it because everybody all kids like that song all people like that song it's a great song but to combine it with like rugged beats and this like kind of lascivious narrative which at that point we definitely did not know what he was talking about but it had the call response chorus thing where it's just instantly just got us high. I swear to God the DJ played it like six times yeah like you just have to keep coming back to it because it was working that well mm-hmm. at like again this Suburban children's birthday party <laughs> in San Jose California um it, that was the monster hit of the day. and I left that uh party a fan of naughty by Nature and I've been a fan of naughty by Nature for ever since
0: so it's it's just like it's just
3: a monster song and it just makes instant sense uh for people when they hear it the video is amazing um uh friend of the program cutso and i at one time had a little stack of the stickers that said are you down with opp out at our dj gigs in the 2000s and i had them on the little cigar box that i used to hold my weed stuff in like i just like (laughs) that song has always been around and obviously it's this massive hugely catchy anthem but it's also a good song.
2: It is yeah, like song. structurally. Yeah, I think their other songs are really good too. Feel me flow is, a, is another sort of so all time favorite, and everything's gonna be all right. Like those are sort of mm. ones that I always have in my record bag. You never know when you can throw that on, but it always, always, almost works.
3: Totally, I, I love feel me flow. That's the I just looked. It's the only Naughty by Nature wax that I own. Is a uh, interesting. Yeah, as a twelve inch of feel me flow. A little trivia about that: in the recent uh, Day Law news, obviously their label mates at Tommy Boy. For a mm. lot of this stuff, uh, the beat that became "It's So Easy" on "Stakes Is High" was uh, pitched by pause mm. to Tom Silverman as a Feel Me Flow remix.
1: Oh, wow. yeah, it didn't, is, work,
3: it didn't work for that, but it was, but it worked as this you know kind of like Dave's signature solo song. So kind of interesting tie in there.
1: Fucking amazing because fucking Tretch ends up accosting Pasta Noose after stakes is high <laughs> comes out for his stick to your naughty by nature's in your pain line so a lot of things going on there uh uptown anthem was always my mm. east coast stomp uh record of choice and like they had this iconography it's the last it's the last era of champing championing uh being able to fight like a fist right. fight like naughty <laughs> by nature was like knuckle up They got bats and chains and shit. And that was like a little era um, before everybody's like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to shoot you. Uh, (laughs) They were kind of the last era of, you know, I'm not
2: going to. When a machete
3: seems quaint. Totally. (laughs) Pretty much.
2: (laughs) I actually bought bought the uh, OPP um, maxi single. And I remember showing my parents the cover, and my parents (laughs) were like frightened.
3: You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like, wh- what does Who the is music this convict? Sound like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. with the
1: dog chain on. Um
3: Dave then learned to keep his purchases from the warehouse in his backpack until he got <laughs> to his room. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um all right, let, let's get into it. Uh conversation. Nate and Dave got to chop it up with Vinrock from Naughty by Nature, Dead Bod Rap Pod.
3: rap pod every week we interview guests that are moving and shaping hip-hop culture this week we have a transformative figure in the genre from one of the most popular and celebrated groups of all time uh this is vin rock of naughty by nature welcome to the program how you doing
0: i'm good i'm good i'm out here in jersey brother
3: that's awesome um i wanted to take it back all the way to the very beginning and if you can Kind of put yourself in your headspace of you as a a younger man when you guys started as the New Style. What were your goals for your career? What were you trying to achieve?
0: Well, when we started as the New Style, I mean that was like in 1988. So back then, you know, hip hop it definitely wasn't this big corporate juggernaut that it is right now. So- So back then, when we were coming up, especially seventies, eighties, well, we came up in the eighties in high school. It was really all about the skills: can you rap? You DJ? Can you do graffiti art? And it wasn't necessarily about the money. So when we were assembling as the new style, our thing was just to go club for club, show for show and prove that we had skills enough to be respected in the hip hop genre and hip hop culture.
2: Awesome, man, thank you. Well, sort of just piggybacking on the new styles and, and you know the record independent leaders, um, I read that there's a Queen Latifah element to your guys' um, ascent, um, is that true?
0: Yes, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Yes, um, we were discovered by Queen Latifah by way of the Flavor Unit. So Queen mm. Latifah, ourselves, the Fuji's, Lords of the Underground, Redman, we're all from New Jersey, in particular, the East Orange, North area. So as we were the new style coming out of high school, Queen Latifah and the Flavor Unit by way of Mark the 45 King, you know, they were already established. They had a lot of love in New York by the way of, you know, um, Cool DJ Red Alert and the Violators and the Native Tongues. So, you know, as we were building up our fan base in our own backyard of East Orange, New Jersey, we knew Flavor Unit was from the neighboring city, Irvington in New Jersey. So we kind of tracked them down and said, listen, we want to be down with the Flavor Unit and we have a following. So, What we did was back in the day, you know, people would just shop their demo and say, listen to my demo and sign us. We, on the other hand, when we ran down on Flavor Unit, we said, not only do we have a demo, but we want you to come and see us live. We want to prove to you that we have a following we could throw our own party we'll perform at our own party pack it out and just show you how we move so once we did that you know queen latifah and came from flavor unit was just starting a management company they were super impressed and then we gave them the demo they listened to the demo and loved it and they signed us to flavor unit Management. And by default, Queen Latifah was already signed to Tommy Boy Records. And eventually we did our deal with Tommy Boy Records. Hmm.
3: I wonder if, um, you know, I, I'm just looking over the track list. Um, when I was a kid, I didn't realize how cool it was. You guys had Lakim Shabazz on one, two, three. I just re-listened to that today. Um, there's so many great rappers from that area. And um do you think that being from Jersey gave you a different perspective or you felt like you, you talked about different topics or do you feel like it, it mattered to your your sound as you were developing it?
0: Yeah, definitely. Because when we were coming up, you know, you got to realize that hip hop was born in the Bronx by and and by default, that's the five boroughs of New York City. So back then they never accepted anyone outside of New York City. If you weren't from the five boroughs, you couldn't be down. But ironically enough, like. Jersey could be considered the fifth or sixth borough because Wu-Tang was from Staten Island and the five boroughs never really respected them. And then on the Mm -hmm. other side of Staten Island was New Jersey, you know? So we really had to fight for our respect from the five boroughs. And, you know, although we were inspired by, you know, New York city hip hop, we did have our own lifestyle, our own culture out in Jersey And that's what we spoke about.
2: Mm, mm, Thank you for that. You know, um, we're going to jump around a bit because you guys have such a deep history. And um, with the Grammys uh, fresh on our minds, I kind of wanted to see, I mean, the history of you guys winning Best Rap Album. um, I wanted to see, take us back to that day. How was that and, you know, how did that feel? And let people know sort of how it was to be in that moment.
0: I know, you know, back in the day when we were coming up, the Grammys never respected hip hop as a valid, you know, uh, music genre. So for one, you never got nominated. For two, they never recognized it as a music genre. And then when we were coming along, they first, you know, started recognizing it. And a lot of rappers were boycotting the Grammys because of the disrespect. So when we won our Grammy, we actually won for best rap group, um, best album by a rap group, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And our segment wasn't even aired. As a matter of fact, when we went to the ceremony, right. So it wasn't televised, it was never aired. And as a matter of fact, when we flew out and we were on our way to the ceremony, prior to us arriving, they said, you won your category. So basically, you don't even have to go in the auditorium, you're just going to do the red carpet and talk about how happy you are to have won a Grammy, you know, oh, wow. so that's how much we were uninvited to the official ceremony. Oh, mm. wow,
3: that, that is crazy. I guess that's you crazy. Know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. It's, it's different now, but you get, uh, you know, the Grammys never quite locks it in, though. I, a lot of people appreciated what happened on Sunday and um, the respect and the the medley that was put together. But um, I wanted to take it in a slightly different direction. And I'm sure you get questions like this all the time. But I have to ask, like, you guys are known for creating these massive worldwide anthems, Um, And that's kind of the calling card of the group. And I'm sure that, you know, has been a big part of your life. But can you give us like a slept on track? Like, do you feel like there's a naughty track that's like not a single that like people should go back to to recognize your guys' skills?
0: Yeah. Songs like Let the Hoes Go. We have, you know, classic collaborations with even Heavy D called Ready For Them. Uh, another classic is hot potato underground hardcore joint with Freddie Fox. Mm. He mentioned like Kim Shabazz earlier, uh, the one, two, three song. So it had like Kim Shabazz and Apache. And these guys were like the gatekeeper MCs of flavor unit. So in order for us to sign the flavor unit or be down with their crew, we had to go through those guys, you know, um, but we have, we 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 have quite a few records that, man, they were good underground songs. Just we have big crossover records, so we, you know, those records get lost in the sauce, and we're more known for the crossover party records than the street records.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, mm. there are worse problems to have, but I do think that is kind of the the narrative about Naughty. Um, just just real quick before we move off this uh, deep. When you were in the studio and you were coming up with like an Uptown Anthem or a Hip Hop Array, did, did you know it would be big? Like, did do you guys did, did you have a radar for which things would hit and which ones wouldn't?
0: Well, initially, no, but we knew that. When we came up, before we started recording, we came up in an age where you went club for club, show for show, and you had to perform everything live, minus a record on the radio, minus a music video. So... Once we started recording in the studio, we wanted to transfer the, those live stage show elements into the songs. That's why we have a lot of catchy choruses and hooks and call and response records. So once OPP came out, and you know what OPP? Yeah, you know me. And then the high energy records, and we would jump. And you know, from there, we understood what worked. And then as we moved forward in our career, we were like, OK, we get what works because without us reaching, this is what we did organically. We performed without records and rocked the crowd. Once we were able to translate it in the studio, we made great records. So we just continued the formula. Mm, mm.
2: Well, you know, on topic topic of your songs, I mean, you guys had some of the most enjoyable, hugest um, singles ever. I mean, obviously the aforementioned OPP, Hip Hop Array, my personal favorite, Feel Me Flow. Um, Do you have a personal favorite? And can you kind of tell us um, the backstory behind how that came about?
0: Well, my personal favorite is Hip Hop Parade, because um, our journey was, again, we were from Jersey. And when we were our first group called The New Style, we were bastardized from hip hop music. I remember us being from Jersey and, doing Cool DJ Red Alert's birthday party in New York City. So the whole Native Tongues was there. That was De La Soul, Tribe Talk Quest, Queen Latifah, KRS-One. You know, they were all celebrating Red Alert. And we came on the set as the new style from Jersey and we got booed. So they booed us out of the venue and we were like, man, that's crazy. But we said, we'll be back. And when we switched to Naughty By Nature and finally blew up with OPP, You know, the second album and the first single off the second album was Hip Hop Array. And instead of us being bitter to the industry and saying, screw y'all, look at us now, we finally made it. Hip Hop Array always gave props to our forefathers and hip hop in general and gave props to hip hop. So for me, I feel like Hip Hop Array is the ultimate, you know, summary of hip hop. And, you know, we missed the Grammy ceremony this, this year. But no better song would have capped off that medley like hip hop parade. You know what I mean? So that's my favorite song, and that's my region, I mean reason. But you know, now that the Grammys is giving hip hop much more respect, I'm sure they'll have similar segments moving forward. And we're cocked and loaded and ready to rock at any given <laughs> <different> time. <laughs> you know? That's, that's awesome. Uh, and we have a lot of fans like, naughty, how were y'all not there? How could they forget right, Hip Hop right. and not put Hip Hop ray in there? You know? Absolutely. Right.
2: What, what was the process like? Did they reach out to you? Or like, what, what was that like?
0: Yeah, I think right now, basically, you know, Naughty, um, as a collective, you know, we're on hiatus. Trex mm. is doing his thing. He's doing the um, New Jack City play. KG and I are doing the Town Sluggers project. And even I, I think even if we wanted to make that happen, Tretch is doing that play and it mm. runs over the weekend. So, you know, we weren't available. But okay. in, in, at the same time, we're really not assembled right now to even participate in that but you know it is what it is and and eventually things will get better
3: thanks right on um i was wondering like who your favorite mcs were when you were coming up like who did you base your style on or who were you inspired by maybe more to the point
0: yeah, so and again to say that Naughty didn't participate in that Grammy medley, my favorite MC wasn't there either. And there's no way that medley couldn't uh could have gone down without KRS one from Boogie Down mm. Productions. You know what I'm mm. saying? It's like, he's the teacher. He taught us all about hip-hop. He set a direction of consciousness in hip-hop prior to all the Reckless Gangster you know, era in there. So he was my favorite. Run DMC, he was my favorite. I remember growing up on the Fat Boys, you know, R.I.P. to Prince Marky e. D and Buffy from the Fat Boys. Peace to Cool Rock Ski, he's the surviving member. Uh, even the Beastie Boys, you know. You know, always love those guys, man. Oh, the whole Juice Crew, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap, you know, uh, you name them. They were all there. They were all there. MC MC Shan. MC Shan raises a lot of hell over Instagram these days. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love them. But <laughs> yeah, those, those are my forefathers
3: that's awesome and we have very similar taste in music uh <laughs> it's ironic uh what you were saying how uh criminal minded is often credited as a pioneering gangster record and then krs just took it completely somewhere else and it's it's interesting what you said he has he's been kind of written out of the narrative a little bit and it's surprising he wouldn't show up on a thing like that i'm going to be thinking about that for a while but
0: um that's, well, that's... I, I wouldn't say he's been written out of the narrative because krs One is so strong and so relevant. All real hip-hop heads know where he is, know where he lives, know where his ecosystem is, and it's really a testament to mainstream hip-hop and commercialized hip-hop writing themselves out, out of the foundation, you know, the foundational narrative when it mm. comes to pure raw New York City, Bronx hip hop and KRS-One. So it's like they're playing themselves They're definitely not writing them out, out in anything. <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, um, you know, since we're talking about like all your history and all these all, all these big hits, um, what struck me as as, you know, a teenager in the 90s was um a lot of your videos. I mean, a lot of your music videos are very like unforgettable. And I've always wondered like in terms of um, your style and how you guys projected yourself, especially with things like carrying a machete and stuff. Who, who had a say in that? Was that was that just um, did, was that your guys's idea, or when you're filming the video, you have producers and stuff telling you sort of how to project yourself?
0: No, we we came out in in an era where, you know, if you look at the. Early to mid 90s, you know, you have Run DMC, Salt and Pepper, Kid and Play, you know, Big Daddy Kane. There was a lot of creativity there, even uh, guys like Kwame, all of those guys. There was a lot of creativity there. And a lot of labels always tried to find a gimmick, you know, mm-hmm. for someone. But for us coming out of Jersey, You know, if you look at our first album prior to us changing our name to Naughty by Nature, we were a group called The New Style. So we had the high top fades. You know, we had the Argyle sweaters and all of that (laughs) stuff. And we were kind of playing by the rules back then. But when we transitioned from New Style to Naughty by Nature, we were street kids. So we spent a few years on the block. We were out there hustling. And the clothes that we wore out there, once we changed our name to Naughty by Nature, we were like, you know what? Enough of the gimmicks. We're just going to go out there raw, just as if we're coming off the block, you know? Mm. So our dress back then, which jean suits and Timberland boots and dickies and, you know, the Baseball bats that you would find in a garbage can. Like you would have that ready in case a fiend or whatever tripped on the block. You would have a machete somewhere close nearby and case somebody trying to, you know, steal your stash. So we kind of kept all of those elements with us and was like, this is us. This is our style of dress. These are our accessories, but everything is raw and what you would find if you hung out with us on our block. So it was all lots, mm. and we brought it to the table and no one dictated those those elements to us.
3: Mm. Yeah, it was really uh, inspiring for us. We're West Coast kids. But um, I was actually telling Dave before we got um, on the air here, I still remember listening to the tape of the first album. And uh, the song was still called Ghetto Bastard, not um Everything's going to right. be all right. <laughs> yeah, kind of right. like getting in trouble. For listening to stuff like that, but that wow, that I've always found that. that song super meaningful and I I've just I've, you know uh took its advice very seriously and never went to the ghetto because I didn't belong there. Um uh, <laughs> anyway, um uh, I just wanted to ask, um, do you got like were you a person that enjoyed touring and seeing the world and having the music? take you around or were you someone who would rather be at home or in the studio? Like, did you enjoy that aspect of being famous? I guess is what I want to ask.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, for us being inner city kids, you know, me personally, I'm the youngest of seven. I'm a single parent mother, you know, so I could never afford anything going on field trips, going to the zoo, doing anything, you know, all my activities, you know, from, I couldn't afford popcorn or football, but, The street that I grew up on, you walk up and down the street, you could play football, basketball, baseball, the water fire hydrants open. You could play jacks, hopscotch, flip on a dirty mattress. It was like one big gymnasium, you know, like the Olympics, honestly, when we came, you know, the way we came up. But that's where the buck stopped on that block. You know, we couldn't afford anything else. So by the graces of being successful in hip hop, not only did it give us a chance to travel the world, but it gave us a chance to get cultured, right? Because just coming up, you know, you're always thinking like, oh, there's all of this racial tension and and whatever, whatever, and people hang on history. But once you travel the world and you visit other people, other countries, other cultures, because of music in general, and then hip hop music in in specifically, you know, you get to see the best of everyone in in the human race. You know, so you come home, and as you're seasoned and more cultured, you're like, look, most of this racial tension is marketed and manufactured. Because I've seen the best of people just traveling the world, and most people. Don't give a fuck about what color you are, what race you are, what religion you are. It's just about being a good person. So hell mm-hmm. yeah. For you know, me to travel and and get cultured, it made me understand the world better, it made me understand people better, it made me understand politics and world government better. So I know better now.
3: That's super cool.
0: Oh yeah, man. I love that. That's super
2: inspiring, man. Thank you. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about all your successes and sort of like how you guys blew up and like the world has a certain perception of you guys. But I want to take it back to the music. How was working with what's the working process like with Tretch when you guys are in the studio with KG? Um let us in on that a little bit.
0: Right. So what you know, people have to realize like when we assembled in high school, I was a breakdancer in a beatbox and You know, I used to break dance with a guy named Terry Peppers who lived directly across the street from KG. So KG was a DJ and I used to beatbox. After I finished breakdancing, I would walk right across the street and beatbox for KG as he DJed. But KG was a senior in our high school and he wanted to do a high school talent show. So in high school, Tretch was in my health class. Every other day, every few days, he would come to me with a new rhyme Whole new style, different flow while I beatbox for him. And Kay was like, Yo, I want to do this talent show, but we need an MC. And I'm like, Man, it's this kid in my health class. He always comes with something different, you know? So I brought Tretch over to KG, and I was never a rapper. So Tretch was the rapper guy. and. We literally started our group with KG DJ and I was the beatbox and Tretch was the rapper. Mm-hmm. So once we did our first few talent shows and dominated our backyard and then decided to, you know, take it more professional and finance the studio time, that's when, you know, KG's skill as a DJ evolved into more of a producer. He started sampling and making beats. And then with that being Tretch, instead of just writing freestyle raps or raps that you could just perform live with a routine, now it's evolving into song structure. So Tretch is gifted in that he always had a melodic flow. He was always good with song structure and choruses and then, you know, taking you on that ride because he grew up on the Rock Rockins and the Melly Mells and the Big Daddy Canes and the, you know, all the great storytellers. So, that process of watching Trench which is hear a beat, come with a chorus, deliver all the lyrics and have a different song for every track, you know? That was another thing about gifted and talented songwriters or rappers, every track is a different song. Not, you know, some guys, they rap the, rap the same style, same flow, same cadence and pattern, over every track it was always different with tretch
3: that's awesome man um so i understand you guys are doing a a kind of reissue campaign for naughty three um we're here at the 30 year anniversary is there anything you can tell us about that what what can the fans expect
0: yeah so what it is is it's a reissue um tommy boy records um you know, our original label, we still work closely with them. One thing about, you know, the rap industry or, or the record industry, music industry, you always hear about this adversarial relationship between the artists and the record labels. And of course, earlier in our time, we had, you know, our bumps in a road with Tommy Boy Records. But, you know, big shout to Tom Silverman throughout the years. He's always been a musical mentor tour to us, similar to the way, you know, Jimmy Iovine has been to Dr. Dre. So, you know, for me and Kay specifically, even Tretch, you know, Tom Silverman has always looked out for us. He's always tried his best to educate us. So, you know, now that he's sold um, Tommy Boy Records to Reservoir Media, we work closely with them. So now they're reissuing the 30th anniversary version of our 1993 album. We have 30th anniversary double um, orange vinyl. We have cassettes. We have CDs. And we're just celebrating 30 years of that album, which the hit single and breakout song was Hip Hop Hooray. So basically it's the 30th anniversary of our classic song Hip Hop Hooray. And hey man, we're here because it's a lot of noise out here, you know and a lot of other artists and everyone's fighting for their legacy. So for us to have an album like 1993 and a song like Hip Hop Hooray, we definitely have to stand in front of it and and carve out our recognition in, in all this noise and hip hop today.
3: That's amazing. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing that uh, finished product and uh, you guys have like such a strong legacy and you've just brought so much joy to so many millions of people over the years. It's something you should be really proud of. And you made a ton of great music that we're really big fans of. So just want to thank you for your time. And it was really nice to chat with you.
0: All right, cool. Thanks, guys. And be on the lookout, you know, again, Tretch is out on the road doing the New Jack City play. So, you know, from the looks of it, I mean, it's rave reviews. People are loving it. They're expanding all of the dates. And then KG and I um we we have a new um project called L Town Sluggers and the Slugger Music Record label. So we're pushing out a new project with the RB group next. It's called Next by Nature. And then on our <laughs> Slugger platform, we're producing uh we're producing our own theater concerts. So, you know, we have concerts coming up under the Slugger brand and logo, and it's a combination of us hiring veteran acts. And then with our Slugger opening set, we're going to have new and emerging acts and artists. So they'll get to open up for veteran acts. So we plan on expanding this and having the Slugger Music Festival. So, you know, we're just playing a game and we're making adjustments based on, you know, the the metrics of today. And uh, yeah, we thank everybody for all the love and support. Don't be too upset about us not being you know, in that Grammy, you know, cluster. The the God willing will still be around. The Grammys will happen every year and they will get to us, okay?
3: That's awesome, man. So great to hear.
0: Yeah, and great to hear about all your new
3: ventures. We'll be on the lookout for that as well. Um, Take care, man. It was awesome. Cool, guys. Thanks. Thank you, man.
1: All right, that was our conversation with Vin Rock, formerly of Naughty by Nature. Uh, we didn't talk about this on the top of the episode, but like Vin Rock's not a hype man. No, like he right. like he He's has a full-on partner. Yeah, yeah. He has he has verses and bars where you're like he was formidable and he wasn't just like Tretch's like foil, right?
3: yeah no he's he's the other group member along with kg and they're they're a really strong group they've been a group for so long we talked about it a little bit they had a previous iteration to naughty by nature we talked to them about some of that um like what they wanted to accomplish obviously that i don't think they saw themselves becoming like world conquering hip-hop superheroes huge hits and stuff and that's that's the way life kind of led them but um and their talent led them i don't think it's luck in any way but um yeah yeah, they just they've they've been around for a long time they're new jersey hip-hop royalty vin was very humble very self-effacing he was like Mm -hmm. in a Outdoor seating area of a barbecue <laughs> joint or something, and like yeah. it, w- it was a little touch and go with the interview. We weren't sure if it was going to happen, and then he popped on. He was super apologetic. We're like, It's all good.
1: He dude. got his ribs, like everything, <laughs> everything happened. It, it, the look, bell dinged, like he's... and
3: he's like, I gotta go. And we're like, I get it. Uh, Not because I hate you. Yeah, I, <laughs> um,
2: yeah, it looked like he was eating al fresco and like a. T.J.I. Fridays or something and and then uh, open up his phone, but it was really nice talking to him, man. And, and, you know, like, again, they were so big and so anthemic with their songs. Um, you know, I wanted to know about the independent leaders era and it's really cool to hear about that. I mean, what a great leap forward. I mean, that came in 1989 and that record sounds like a galaxy galaxies away from, you know, what it by nature eventually ended up being. So it's really cool to get that insight. I loved hearing about their connection to, um, Queen Latifah and what she did for them yeah. and helping with yeah. their ascent. So it was really cool, man. Like Nate said, he was just super humble, and um, and again, not just some sort of silent partner, um, um, backup um, guy. You know, De- definitely, yeah. definitely not that. I mean, he was definitely a great rapper, a great artist. So it was really cool to hear about their history
3: totally and I, I don't catch a lot of live theater but if tretch is touring his uh, naughty by nature play and it happens to come to the bay i might have to see I'm, tretch as we and how yeah. does that work as a play i've been thinking about how you would stage that is like oh uh, is you could projects a, like
1: a little cardboard Sasuke sidekick <laughs>
3: <laughs> i
1: could totally see it dude my baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, so good. Uh, that'll give me an excuse when I come to town to take my theater nerd girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> You're like,
3: it's this new play. It's based on a uh, groundbreaking Van Peebles <laughs> screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's oh, a famous man. meme now.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know what? I'm kind of surprised that, um, you know, there's been that the revival of, like, the Death Row t-shirt and shit and the Poetic Justice t-shirt. I've yet to see a new Jack City. I think totally. there's a i think there's uh some of the nostalgia bucks to be made there but um, um i went yeah. to
3: the gap on saturday because i'm a very hip uh podcaster who's with Ooh. it fashion wise and uh they had biggie t-shirts oh no it, it was the ready to die cover and i was and like, you and you were
1: this this and i was <laughs> exactly and i
3: keeled over in my khakis no um i was actually kind of just like wandering around and i was like what what are they up to these days and i don't think i bullshit like <laughs> mm,
1: right, yeah except for it's the biggie shirt
3: which was totally out of place there were no other band shirts i was like what is, is this like leftover from urban outfitters or target 999 $9. like, $9. $9. right baby
1: now? baby yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah we, we want to thank Vin rock for coming on our show has been this interesting rhythm of like new up-and-coming vanguard artists of today with these like legacy artists um so it, it's been good to a writer have them and, and a turntable
3: list occasionally
1: yeah just sprinkle them for for good measure um and we're you know thankful that y'all keep rocking with us um but there's been this recurring theme on this podcast of like the more podcasts we do the more times we show up in public and it's this <laughs> weird yeah i think we had to do the first 150 just to get the the mojo rolling but now uh we outside and there's going to be some events coming up um in a couple weeks less than a couple weeks now I'm getting scared because I have to do things but, <laughs> I know uh Such anxiety I know uh Dave talk a little bit about um we have royalty coming to town the weekend of uh March 24th 25th yeah
2: Yes, Royalty, the clown prince, if you will. Uh, prince <laughs> Paul coming. Um, we have him for two days in the Bay Area, Friday night in San Francisco. Um, the venue escapes me right now, but um, we have Adele mm-hmm. the Funky Homo Sapien hosting the event, mm-hmm. um, Needle to the Groove, we'll, myself included, will be playing some records to open up the events. And that's on a Friday. And then on a Saturday, uh, we have Paul doing an in-store at Needle to the Groove in San Jose, um, playing all 45s, Free event roll through if you're in the area. Um, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be wild. And you know, just very, very grateful to have his time, especially given the uh past year he's had.
1: Yeah.
3: That uh event on the Friday, the 24th, is at Victory Hall, um Ooh, wow. 360 Rich Street in San Francisco. Huh. Huh. The Sunday or what is it? Saturday is it Saturday? Saturday? Saturday needle to the groove event is downtown san jose at the needle to the groove store on santa clara street in yeah between so and um
2: nate, nate and i will be playing records at the um uh san jose event and uh damon's going to be hosting it but Nate, hey. what are you doing on that friday in santa cruz uh
3: weirdly i'm playing at a different record store for a different set of homies um uh, <laughs> i'm playing the, the grand reopening of what they're calling redwood records it was a uh, Venerable uh, institution of a record store in Santa Cruz, where I went to college um, called Meta Vinyl for like 20 years. And now uh, my buddy, Rudy Kuhn um, Mm. and his partner, yeah, purchased that and uh, just rebranded it as Redwood Records. Um, So they're having an in-store performance and um, a little DJ set by me. The the funny thing about this is um, they, Rudy put like nate leblanc from fly sporadic on the flyer yes I and i was like i think that's the first time anyone has ever acknowledged the existence wow. of my fake radio show on any kind of thing outside yeah. of my uh, cinematic podcast universe so well, i appreciated dope. that and uh well now it's real now it's real.
2: yeah totally yeah
3: exactly um and i do do fly things sporadically so um <laughs> very sporadically this will probably be it for the year but um yeah so friday night playing like laurel canyon folky stuff to open for a musician and then saturday what the fuck do you play when prince paul is around i know i know i know i just try to tread water um
2: (laughs) yeah i I might just play
3: new rap i'll be like let's let's play some woods let's play some rap ferrero let's play some you know you know what? let's play some A chris like that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff
1: our age cohort needs it man in in the worst way um but you know, if, if you're in the area, if you're in the Bay Area at all, we, we'd love to see y'all. Um, you know, don't be don't be too shy. Come and say hi to the bros. Um, especially if you're part of our Patreon community. Uh, patreon.com slash dad bod pod has been growing uh in the past weeks and months, and we want to shout out everybody for being a part of that. Um, so if you're on the Patreon, like you have to come and check in. We have to I have uh, have a survey for you. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> come say what's up to us uh we're so excited to have everybody on there we are gonna do our much talked about yet still unrecorded um aoi bionics mosaic thump uh conversation very soon uh and we'll put that up on the patreon and you know we did a little thing where we had um a part of the dante ross interview on the Patreon, we're not gonna do that all the time. Like, relax, everybody. Hey, hey, we can do whatever the fuck we want, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. You know it's how I'm true. talking about. Exactly. Um, we the editors' dogs, but we, uh, <laughs> super inside joke. Um, but yeah, we 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 want to make a, it's a special place, a special community for you to actually invest your dollars into this show, which is like an imaginary idea that we keep doing all the time and now it's actually <laughs> generating income is wild to me so uh we appreciate everybody's contributions there pull up you can hear uh nate's new media conglomerate the fly sporadic um you can get my playlist series Dem's gems and we just have like different talk back you know kind of posts and things for folks to interact with us so um shout out to the to the patreon homies we are on twitter at dad bod rap pod on twitter on instagram at dad bod rap pod we appreciate y'all fucking with this on a weekly basis and we for show coming back next week dad bod rap pod